What formerly falling receiver now might be moving back up draft boards? Which AFC North pass catcher is shaking his previous bust status with a great summer? And what players should you be targeting in the early to mid-second round in your FPC drafts? Plus, it's our annual Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship preview. 2017 KFFSC Main Event Champion Kurt Awe drops by with the commish Farrell Elliott to tackle all of your draft questions and more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour starts now. Once upon a time, not long ago, when people wore pajamas and lived life slow, when laws were stern and justice stood, and people were behaving like they ought to good, there lived a little boy who was misled by another little boy, and this is what he said. Me and you tonight, we're going to make some cash, robbing old folks and making the dash. They did the job, money came with ease, but one couldn't stop, it's like he had a disease. He robbed another and another and a sister and a brother. Tried to rob a man who was a DC undercover. The cop grabbed his arm, he started acting erratic. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Shot for the head, he shot back when he messed up. Looked around good and from expectations, he decided he'd hit for the subway station. But she was coming and he made a left. He was running top speed till he was out of breath. Knocked an old man down. Thanks so much, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all of you Balkaholics and Gerzakin addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, what does Jordy Nelson really have left in the tank? What are Royce Freeman's ascendant chances and 2017 Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship main event winner Kurt Awe and Commissioner Farrell Elliott hang out with us tonight in our special KFFSC preview episode. We'll have Kurt coming up in just a few minutes here, and Farrell will join us at the bottom of the hour to uh, answer some of your emails and tackle some of the uh, news and, uh, and uh, uh, musings around the NFL and how it pertains to your fantasy drafts. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, feel free to do so. The show is at HSFF Hour. I am at Eric Balkman. Dave is at David Gerzak. Kurt is at Kurt Awe. Farrell is at KFFSC. And you can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash HSFF Hour. If you want to chime in and give us a call, it's 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. Football at gmail.com is the inbox. That's where you send your questions to us, or you can post them in the chat room. We'll do our best to get to all of the uh, chat room questions, all the tweets, all the emails, and the fantasy feedback segment uh, later on in the show. Of course, our producer and mutual friend Rob is behind the glass, and our audio engineer, as always, is Bryce. The next round, the final round of FFPC early main event draft spots for teams paid in full, the deadline will be August 26th. If you are paid in full or if you want to add any teams by August 26th, that's Sunday, you'll get your early draft spot on the 28th, two days later. That's a Tuesday. So make sure you're taking note of that. Or instead of writing a note for yourself, just pay your teams right now, add your teams right now, and then you don't have to worry about it. You'll just get your draft slot emailed to you. We take care of that. There's no extra work on your part. We're trying to save you time and, more importantly, 
save you money. Football Guys Drafts filling daily. We are trying to fill some drafts right now. Dave, can you give us the update on both the midnight and the 1 a.m. drafts? Uh, there's four left in the midnight hockey, and the 1 a.m. is completely open. All right. Get, listen, I'm commissioning that draft. i got a lot of work to do tonight, people. I'm going to be up late. Make it worth my while. I would love to hang out with you and commission that 1 a.m. draft. I'll be in that midnight one as well. Room discounts at Planet Hollywood still going on at myffpc.com. I want to remind everybody, Planet Hollywood will be sold out that weekend. It is week one of the NFL season. It is a hot ticket. And if you want to get in on that FFPC group rate, now is the time. Contact Greg Sidoris, his contact information, myffpc.com. Check that out. It's listed right on there. Give him a call. Send him an email. Make sure you are not losing out on that great deal. Uh, you're talking about you know, saving $100 each night if you book through the FFPC code. So make sure you're taking advantage of that. And of course, $10 week one viewing at any Caesars Sportsbook restaurant lounge, one of them, you'll get a chance to, uh, to watch uh, all, that, all the action for week one just for $10. You do that through Greg as well. Uh, best ball drafts, classic drafts starting at $35. This is the last weekend we have for slow drafts, so make sure if you want to get in on a slow draft, <sighs> you're, doing this, you're doing it this weekend. Of course, Dynasty Startups Jesus, are available. Start the damn well. show. All right, we'll start the damn show. I want to bring in our first guest you tonight, make that shorter. I can't make it shorter. Make it shorter. Dude, it is August 17th. I'm sorry. I apologize. The FFPC has a lot of stuff going on. Tell I don't want to make it. I'll tell us to make it short. Well, then I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I'll tell you. I'll what talk I'm to Alex to make it short. Talk to the prognosticators. Say, all right, bring Kurt on. Start taking away some of these uh, uh, some of these leagues that we have. We we just can't mention them all. Well, the, the promotion. Show. It's annoying. Let's bring in tonight's guest. Not only is he a three-time FFPC main event league champ, he was also one third of the 2008 NFFC primetime $100,000 championship squad, and last year became the 2017 Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship main event winner. Please welcome back onto these airwaves our good buddy, Kurt Aw. Kurt, thanks for doing the show this week, man. Hey, what's up? Hey, how it's you doing? It's good to have you. And it's, it's funny because people are like, hey, I don't remember hearing Kurt on the show before. Kurt was on the – Dave, you remember this. He was on the failed live on I-65 show where we tried to do a podcast <laughs> on the way down to Kentucky, and it didn't work out well, but I'm glad to, to have you that back was like on. It was a little bit of a disaster. It was a little bit of a disaster. It was fun for us. We <laughs> had a blast it, doing it. Is it archived anywhere? Uh, yes, you could probably still listen to it on, on the Blog Talk Radio <laughs> oh, archive. It's, it's, I wouldn't recommend it, but, but it's out there. <laughs> yeah, right on. Uh, Kurt, we'll, we'll get into the fantasy portion uh, of, the, of the show shortly. Before we do that, tell the listeners what you are doing for a living when you are not crushing the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Um, I actually work at Menashe Corporation running a printing press, having lots of fun working 12-hour shifts. <laughs> now, listen, the twelve-hour shifts. So well, listen, the twelve-hour shifts allow you to uh, to, to have a, a lot of extra free time uh, to to do your fantasy research, which obviously you you did last year in, in crushing KFFSC. We're all excited for your Farrell Elliott coronation when we get down to Louisville. <laughs> yeah, Farrell, that'll be interesting to hear him. He'll be he, uh, he always likes to hype it up to begin with. So I can imagine what this will be like. <laughs> By the way, Leroy in the chat room, the real Leroy saying he was driving too fast for Wi-Fi, which is why the show yeah, might have been true. Might have been true. Faster <laughs> than the speed of Wi-Fi. That's how we get from yeah, obviously, to yeah, 40 minutes every year. For some reason, I can't put anything on this chat, so I don't know what I did wrong, but I can see it, but I can't chat on it, so I'm going to get murdered by Tupac or Leroy, I'm sure now. So. 
the blog talk chat doesn't work, it's, it's pretty much it. that's the way it's like. I, I was just saying that's the, that's sort of status quo. Right. Absolutely. Oh, you have more than six people in the chat. Yeah, not everybody's be able to chat. We're sorry. We're we're living it out on the characters. <laughs> this was great having you on because you're part of our crew. We all drive down together. Balky, myself, Leroy, Meyer, and you. Meyer being two packer. Leroy being the real Leroy. The real Leroy. Yeah. Leroy always drives. Yep. And um, <laughs> so let's just talk a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about your banner year last year in Kentucky. Which, by the way, we've been talking about this all off season. How all of well, I've been saying all of our teams suck. Balky right. keeps trying to you know. Peeps in there a little bit, saying how oh, one of his teams was good. Well, one of my main event teams was, was good. Not, it was like It was good. It was not average. It was nowhere near Kurt's teams, and we'll leave it at that. All right. So you the big payback <laughs> championship, the auction title, and the main event overall championship with the team named Pigpen, which we enjoyed. Right. So <laughs> were, you heavily invested in a lot of the, were you heavily invested in a lot of the same players, or did you just happen to hit on a lot of different guys? Um, I think it the only one that was on, yeah, the only one that was on, um, all of them I think was Gurley, except for probably with Balky because he was too cheap to buy him, for, I would believe. But um, otherwise, yeah, he just got pretty accurate. lucky to hit on some different. <laughs> 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 got got um other different guys to hit. Honestly, I remember. Did did you have Kareem Hunt on a lot of those on a lot of your Kentucky rosters last year, Kurt? No, well, on the one that won, I did too. That's where I got because I had, had he fell to the fourth round in that one, and I got him with Gurley on that same team after I had Brown also, so that always helped that team. Well, that's, that's right. Because in that <laughs> team, you had Antonio Brown, which was, you know, he was awesome on your team all year long, but Brown, I don't know, wait, is there a Brown question? No, yet? we don't have a Brown okay. question. So Brown ended up going out, but you were astutely picked up Juju Smith-Schuster, who was just, you know, he was yeah. all right, <laughs> yeah. but then Brown went out. Yeah. And, you know, Juju, Juju actually crushed it in week 16 where you had that late, kind of third third quarter touchdown, is that right? Sounds right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, yeah, because that was really bad. When then, of course, Antonio went down at the worst time ever, and right towards the end of the season. <laughs> well, I want to talk about uh, because well, one of the things we always talk about after the season's over, you know, we invite all these FFPC champs to come on, and we talk about what Week 16 was like for them with so much cash on the line, and it was a really weird final game in Week 16 between the Eagles and Raiders uh, with with the Kentucky title on the line, and I remember. You know, we were all kind of, you know, had we had our Kentucky group chat, you know, firing on all, you know, at 100% capacity that night uh, because we knew it was at stake. And um, I just, I remember it's sort of like the overall mood. And Kurt, you can correct me if I'm wrong or tell us what you were thinking. The overall mood was kind of like, okay, well, Kurt's winning right now, but going into this final game, he's got two or three guys behind him. This guy's got Crabtree. This guy's got Jeffrey. Uh, this guy has Ertz. You know, there was Aguilar. There's an Aguilar. Aguilar. There's an Nelson Aguilar team. It just seemed like there was there was so many ways for you to to not win it. Uh, we were just kind of all, at least I was tempering my expectations and my enthusiasm for it. And then as the game kind of went on, it was like, holy cow, Kurt could actually pull this off. What what were you thinking? What were you doing that night uh, for that uh, for that game? Well, I don't know if it's fortunately or unfortunately, but I was working that night <laughs> from six. <laughs> to 6 a.m. So I was checking the, the chats and the scores and everything. And obviously, I was like, well, I should at least finish in the top five, possibly, and I'll be fine, whatever. You know? And then all of a sudden, it got later in the game, and I'm looking at my like, holy shit, is this really going to happen? You know, it kept just getting getting closer and closer to the end. And it's like, oh my God, it's actually over. I can't believe we I actually pulled it out and won. Just shows that sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, I guess. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it, well, I mean, we we talked about there's a there's some heavy talent uh, up, you know, behind you, you know, I, you know, equally or more accomplished players, uh, you know, Chad Schroeder being I, one of them. I think we can say that, no offense, Kurt, Chad is a little more accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all right. That's why you got him on a luck shot. <laughs> Someone comparable to you, you know, Chad Schroeder. Yeah, right. Chad Schroeder. Right. How many main event overall titles does Chad Schroeder have? I, we won't bring that up, but um, yeah, no, Chad. I think did Chad end up taking third? I think he was third overall last year, and the the guy who took second escapes me right now. I can't. You know remember what? what? I think it was no second place. No one. Yeah, no one remembers. Well, we remember third. Ah. <laughs> For sure, that was a that was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, I, I just. I remember I, Jen, my wife, was asleep, and I remember walking into her room, and I like I, I like woke her up. I'm like, Kurt just won Kentucky. Kurt just won Kentucky, and she's like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> she's like, what is this a civil war? Like, I, civil war re- yeah, exactly. reenactment or what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I was like, I got to do something. I got to tell like everybody, yeah, tell everybody I know who would care already knows. Yeah, and right. Like, but like, there's nothing I can do about. It. Dad, hey, Dad, are you awake? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so, Kurt, you know, the way that the structure of Kentucky is, you know, there's you have to start two running backs, three receivers, one flex, you know, quarterback, kicker defense, and so on. Um, you know, a lot of times it is like an arms race for wide receivers, given that you have to start those three. Do you uh, generally load up on receivers uh, early on, or do you just try to still balance, uh, draft a more balanced roster with some running backs mixed in there? Um, what's funny is, like, in the last couple of years, I used to always – try to load up on receivers and last year on that team at least I tried to keep it balanced like and it actually ended up working out because then I wasn't sitting there looking for a third running back like I usually am because I fall for the Meyer trap of not drafting any running backs and you have all these receivers on my, on my team and then I talk about how good my receivers are and how I have one running back and it's like okay I'm going to try to keep it balanced this year it actually worked I, out for about, one I'm, how about that for a Kentucky team name this year, Dave? The Meyer Trap. Yeah, well, I, I, that's, that's, that's a good candidate. All right, I'll put that on the list. Yeah, put it on the list. There's a lot of there's a lot of things on the list. Yeah, well, I'm sure there is. I, I'd rather eliminate stuff than have to come up with stuff. We're talking about 2017 Kentucky Fantasy Football State Champion Kurt Awe, of course, a multi-main event league winner as well in the FFPC. And now, Kurt, I'll I'll, I'll bring this up. You and I partner for the auction in Kentucky every year. We have now won the the auction twice with the defending champs coming in to the 2018 season. I believe Whatever. we won it twice in the last six years. And I still don't, I'll be the first to admit, I don't know the method to your madness on when you have these random uh, bids that jump the price on some of these players. However, I will say... Explain it a little bit. For, well, okay, so I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, perfect example. A few years back, uh, Kurt and I were, uh, we needed, there, there, there was a lot of receivers flying off the board. I would say of the top 12, there was probably only three left three top 12 receivers left. Sure. One of them was Calvin Johnson, who was maybe the best or, you know, top two or three. So mm-hmm. he was, who he was clearly, he was like the premium guy. Right? And we needed one. I mean, we, we, we needed a receiver. So I said to Kurt and I, I pointed to a number. I, I was, we had like 50 or something written down for him. I said, okay, this is as high as I was going to go on it, but we sort of need one. So I go a couple of more dollars on it. So it's maybe <laughs> like 52, 53 or whatever. So the bidding is getting up there and it's like, 49, 50, 51, and, like, and I kind of look at Kurt, and then he's just like, 60. <laughs> and, and, and I was like, I 
was like, what are you doing? And, and, and we won it for, I mean, that just and shut everybody up at the table. Everybody else but I mean, that was, that was the year. Like, Calvin had like 1,600 yards and like 13 or 14. I mean, it, it, so it worked out. That's one example. David Johnson worked out for us uh, as well a couple years ago. And Larry Fitzgerald was one that we did last year where it was like oh, nice. 9, 10, and then Kurt's like, 16, and we got him. For 16. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. It was, it was, it was something like, in that neighborhood, It probably was. And, and so that we end up getting – so it, wor- it, it works out. I don't get it, but you seem to have this innate ability to know <laughs> when to jump a bit and on which guys to do it. Is there any, is there any science behind that, or is that purely a gut feel at the table? I usually just ask you what we should spend, and then when you say that's it, then I usually just jump it up a couple of bucks and bid on it right away. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, listen, it, it's worked out. And I, I haven't seen, you know, you and I have been auction partners in that league for years now, and I still haven't picked up on that. If I was smart, I'd be like, okay, I want to go to 40 on this guy. I'll just say, like, yeah, Kurt, we can't go any higher than 36 here. And then we'll <laughs> But you know what? But here's the thing: I can't do that now because our current method has worked out too well. Like I have to, I have to stick with the plan on that one. So I guess you know, for yeah. what for it, it's worth. Even though, even though I know now, uh, I still, uh, I still will keep it. I'll keep it a hundred, and and we'll just keep it uh, the way that we're doing it, and uh, and just hopefully bring bring home another title this year. Very oh yeah, we question. got that. We got that locked up. I'm writing it down as a win already, <laughs> box. <laughs> All right, perfect. Leroy and I, are we, I don't think we're in the same league this year. We got two. Well, you, usually when Leroy and I partner up, and then I, 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 I have a few too many drinks sometimes, and then I, you know, bid over, bid on two quarterbacks. Sometimes. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so like three years in a row or whatever. So. That has been your animal. However, <laughs> you, are, you have never been the, the drunkest person at that auction. Well, thank God. That, yeah. uh, that is a title that, that two-packer holds high, and that was hey, – he fell into the Meyer <laughs> trap of drafting too many receivers in the auction last year. Uh, so that was, that was – yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't – yeah, I think you're right. I, think, I don't think – there's two auctions this year. I, I think we're in one and you guys are in the other, so we'll, we'll see yeah. what happens. All right, so uh, in the entire Kentucky trip, Curtis, from the time we leave until the time we get back, what is your favorite part? <laughs> Um, well, one, one of them is listening to Meyer talk for nine hours about how it's all the guys he likes so I can cross all those guys off my list automatically. <laughs> he helps weed out my players pretty easily. And then of course the best part of stopping at, um, Chick-fil-A and watching Leroy spill a soda all over the place. You know, I really like that. <laughs> Yeah, Leroy has filled his soda multiple times. Ah, I don't want to rip out my body, Leroy. He, he, he only did it once. <laughs> well, I will say that... The, I think we actually spilled it on in the second... The second no, no, no. Here's hard. what happened. The first time... It wasn't like a full-on spill. The first time when it happened, uh, it was like, like the whole... First of all, that Chick-fil-A, I believe it's in Lafayette, Indiana, they keep that place like spotless. I don't, I don't know why they have plates and trays there because you could literally just eat right off the floor. It's just like, kind of like a church. I think they have hymnals in there. They, too. They, I haven't seen hymnals. But you can, they have wash in the bathroom. It's, it's fantastic. So this it's spotless. And then Leroy went up to, to Dave and he was telling him something. And then some of his soda just dribbled off the top. Like, you know, like that, when you fill up your soda, like on the rim of it, yeah. it just dribbled onto the floor. And I remember looking at Dave. And Dave looked at Leroy. He looked at the floor. He looked back up at Leroy. Looked at the floor, like judging him. And Leroy was totally ignoring him. So that turned into something. And then the second it was a beautiful restaurant. Right. It was a, it was spotless. 
But then the second, the, the year after that, we came down and I was one of the last people to order and I come to the table to sit down and eat and there's a big Diet Coke bottle on the table again right in front of Leroy. I'm like, are you kidding me? You and she's like, no, no, no. And I get the, the, the server because the server comes out and refills your drink. She no, listen, actually, listen to what he just said. The server. This is like a fast food Yeah, restaurant. I know. <laughs> yeah. Somebody come up and refill your soda and she accidentally knocked it over. So technically Leroy didn't do it, but... It, it was still like, I mean, as far as I knew, he did it. When I, like, well, I thought he did it on purpose. Like, why would there be a Diet Coke bottle there? It was, it was, it was crazy. Uh, we're talking about. It's Curry also nice too, because. Go ahead. Hold on. Go ahead. I was gonna say it's, all, it's also nice because then when we go to draft, I don't really worry about much after having Leroy driving us all the way down there at 95 miles per hour. I can usually <laughs> relax and just draft. That's why we do so well in the auction league. I think. Nice and relaxed. Yeah, like we survived. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Nothing to go right off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah. Leroy, he gets us there in one piece every year very fast, which I appreciate because I always set up for a live show, and I'm always nervous that I'm not going to make it one of these years. Maybe it'll be this year. I don't know. Uh, 2017 Kentucky Main Event Champion Kurt Aw joining us on the show tonight. And, and Dave brought this up before the show. We should let everybody know that not only are you uh, buddies, but you and Dave – were high school football teammates playing on the, the same offensive line, Kurt. Oh, yes. Um, with the, he was on the great left side of the line, though, and I was on the right side <laughs> of the line. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't exactly the same, the same line. It was kind of the same line. <laughs> yeah. Very few offensive lines have clicks within the starting uh, five. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, red versus blue, Republican versus Democrat. Yeah. It, was, it was this whole big, you know, war. Yep. Was, yeah. And we were always trying to recruit Alex Brinkman, who was the center. Yeah, and it, it, it cost us a, a state championship, too, because we couldn't get along. So that's why we lost our state championship. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been the coaching. might have been the coaching. Or anyway, Fuller. Kurt, I blame Fuller. Fuller, right tackle. Uh, Kurt, you've, uh, you've had a lot of success, uh, obviously, as we mentioned in the FFPC. Now, I mean, you've you had a, obviously, you know, big payback champion last year, auction champion last year, main event champion last year in Kentucky. I'm just curious, you know, with the success you've had at both of them, how does the competition for anybody who's drafted maybe at the FFPC but not in Kentucky or people who drafted in Kentucky but not out in Vegas, how does the competition compare between the, the two events? Um, I don't know. Year, years ago, I thought, Kentucky used to be um, a little bit weaker, but now now that Farrell's promoting and getting so many more people coming out, it's just it's like a mini Vegas. It's just, you know, everybody you don't get guys bringing magazines to the draft or anything anymore. They actually know what they're doing, and they're actually good good players. They got you know they know what they're doing instead of just coming up there with a magazine and pulling out guys that are IR'd in the beginning of the year already and stuff like that. I always so remember it's been, uh, it's been a, lot and, 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 a lot of different. The the old adage for me for people who who had never drafted in Kentucky before, I always said, you know, the competition's really tough on Friday with the auction. Saturday morning, it, it's it's super tough too because you're having people who are drafting on Saturday morning typically are drafting all weekend. And, and yeah, that is the toughest one. Saturday morning is always really tough. Then Saturday night is, is the, the, you know, the Saturday night main event. That gets a little bit easier. But then the biggest one, it, historically, I think the biggest one has always been the Sunday morning main event, or Sunday afternoon. It starts yeah. at 1. 
That I always thought. so great. By the way, that is so great. It starts at 1 o'clock. Right, yeah. We go out Saturday night. So God knows what. Right. Your draft doesn't start until 1 o'clock, man. Yep, exactly. Well, and, allegedly and, uh, at, at 1 o'clock. It's still on Farrell, Kentucky time, so it's usually around 1.30, maybe. <laughs> 1.30, yeah, right. Um, and, and so, and I always said, like, you know, it's great because you can prep, you know, with those tougher drafts on Saturday, and then the value always falls to you on Sunday. I would say over the last two two years for sure, maybe three years, that hasn't been the case. Like, it's still Saturday morning is pretty tough, but it, it, you know Saturday night and, and Sunday everybody knows what they're doing down there, which I actually appreciate uh, because uh, you know it, it, it really preps you for for you know not me and Dave because we're busy working out in Vegas, but a lot of people will like the the preparation of Kentucky for for Vegas and it gives them maybe a leg up on their competition for people you know drafting live. Uh, so, but I, I don't think there's a huge difference in my opinion. I don't think there's a huge difference between. Uh, the three events uh, uh, anymore. Dave, you have a question about, uh, well, let's bring up the big payback in the auction again. Yeah, so anyway, Kurt, you won the auction title with Balky. That's how we traditionally do it. And you and I partner with the big payback. And we won, uh, we won that title together. So who was the more annoying person to have to deal with at the table next to you? Yeah, who's it, the one that's more Is it Dave or is it me? Oh, I was going to say Ron Meyer. I think he's in both of those. But, um, <laughs> I guess... <laughs> It would have yeah, to be ball. It would have to be bulky, of course, because like when David and I are partnered up, it's just like yin and yang. We know what we're each other's thinking, and we're just, you know, we're just out there killing it. And bulky, you know, I have to pry his wallet out of his hand and try to get him to spend. I feel <laughs> sorry for Jen because I can imagine Jen trying to go shopping with it, ball. Like, no, no, it's too much, too much, too much. It's like, come on, bulky. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I am uh, infamous for being a penny pincher in the auction. You know, honestly, <laughs> yeah. so uh, producer mutual friend Rob, uh, we, used to, we used to always be in this auction league together. Uh, Dave, Kurt, myself, Rob, um, I, a bunch of other people. I can't remember offhand. But I, all of us were in it. And Rob was oh. always famous for holding <laughs> on to his money way too long. You know, they always say, like, oh, with half the auction left or two-thirds of the auction left, you want to have the most money or whatever. Well, Rob would, would always have the most money, but it'd be like 90% of his budget. And, no, just, you know, oh, and, and he, would, he would end up getting all these, like, he'd get like maybe one stud and then like all mediocre guys. Like there wouldn't be any like good or great right. players on his team or whatever. And you, you can't take that. Oh, no, with the rules we had, you could take it to free agency blind bidding. Do you remember, remember the, year, the year when he had the, the most money he ever took with him? Do you remember, remember how much? No, was, I, don't, I don't know, Tim. This is about a $200 cap. $200 budget. He had like $69. Oh, my gosh. And he was every else was like a dollar player. And he's like, well, I got all this blind bidding money. He's like, dude, you're an idiot. Yeah. You know, it was great. So basically, he didn't that, win. So I, I am always like, let's sit <laughs> no back, pass, no pass let's lay in the weeds, let's sit back, let's lay in the weeds, and, and then all these guys walk the court. And usually the, the first time Kurt says, the first time Kurt says, listen, Robbie, we got to get some players on our team. And then I'm like, yeah, I need to switch it on now. Now, now I need to go by. Like the first exactly. time Rob insult comes at me, then, then I'm like, then I'm all about it. Uh, Kurt, we got a, exactly. we a couple of emails like for you this week. Uh, first one is from Tom in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, he writes, what's up, Kurt? What's the best piece of best ball advice that you can give someone who is playing it for the first time? Thank you for the email, Tom. Uh, Tom in Las Vegas. Kurt, you and, well, The Real Leroy, you guys have partnered on, on a lot of live uh, best balls uh, out in um, at the FFPC in Vegas over the years. You and Dave uh, do the, the best ball at, at Kentucky every year. For somebody who's never done like a 28-round best ball draft before, what's uh, what's something that they they really need to know before they get to the draft table? Um, 
just probably the old basic thing of getting like three quarterbacks, three running backs, three receivers, three tight ends. You want three of each, at least so that you're not stuck if short, even on like kickers or defenses and stuff like that. You don't want to be sitting there with two quarterbacks, one gets hurt and the other one's out or something. And it's like, oh man, we don't have three. You know, you got to have at least three of each one. And not, not and with running backs and receivers, you want more, obviously. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm just saying the minimum of three on the other ones. Obviously, running backs and receivers are going to pound them up more. But you know, you don't just want to. They start pounding all these receivers. So, oh, look at all the receivers they got. And then they have like two quarterbacks and like one kicker. It's like I've seen guys have like one kicker on their team before, even out in yeah. Vegas when they're spending like seven fifty or twelve fifty. I'm like, holy shit, this guy's got one kicker on his team. He's <laughs> just like. Spend twelve hundred fifty bucks. I'm like, what the hell is he doing? Yeah. Oh, you got tons of receivers. Oh, good job. Yeah. I'm like, holy man. <laughs> yeah. I, I, one of the things I always uh, think is difficult, especially like when you when you're you know drafting one of those seven fifty best ball leagues or twelve fifty. It's like if you have like an eleven pick or a twelve pick or even like the one or the two, those kicker runs and those defense runs, man. If 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 you if there's one about to pop and, and you skip the position, I am sweating bullets uh, for for it until it gets back to me because I know that I could get skunked at that position if I'm just going to ignore it. Oh yeah, and people obviously see that and they start pounding them all in a row on you every time. You know, it's like oh, oh here we go. Especially if you try to screw around too long and even like in those you can't. I don't know I like to wait on quarterbacks, but you don't want to wait too long in those because once people notice it, then if you're on the wrong side, you're going to end up with maybe two starters if you're lucky and then a backup in the end, you know, it's like you can't wait too long on quarterbacks either. It's like in that movie in, uh, Inception where like, you know, they're, they're in people's dreams and then the, the, the other people in the dream are like the, the person's security and they, they can kind of sense like, wait a minute, that person's not supposed to be here. And then they start like ganging up and it's like once they gang up and they realize, Hey, we can take out one twelfth of the field right here. If we, if we all, you know, start taking grabbing quarterbacks or kickers or defenses, boom, then all of a sudden it's, it's that much easier to cash. So you make a good point there for sure. Uh, let's go to Mike in Williamston, North Carolina. He writes, uh, does Jordy Nelson have anything left in the tank for the Raiders this season, or am I better off finding a younger receiver option instead of him? Thank you. Uh, that is Mike in Williamston, North Carolina. And for reference, I'm just looking at where Jordy Nelson is actually going in FFPC drafts right now. He's going basically at that 9-10 turn, and you talk about other younger receivers going around him. Uh, instead of Jordy Nelson, you could be drafting guys like Nelson Aguilar, Kelvin Benjamin, Sterling Shepard, Kenny Stills. All those guys are going roughly in that same area. What are your thoughts on Jordy Nelson, Kurt, now in a Raiders uniform and whether you'd be paying that 9-10 turn price to get him this year? I, know, I personally like Jordy Nelson just because he's going to be like a number two for the first time in his career probably. <laughs> so he can he should he should do all right. I mean, some of those other guys are, are – aren't bad, but they're not quite as proven as him either. So, I mean, I wouldn't mind taking him in that spot. If I have room for him, I mean, uh, originally yeah. I was totally off Jordy Nelson. I would say within the last uh, two weeks, two and a half weeks, and, and again, it, some of this is like, you know, Derek Carr and John Gruden falling all over themselves saying how great he is, and I, I, I tend to yeah. try to weed that out, but, but it's in my mind. And, and you know, his ADP – after that, those announcements, it really hasn't 
risen. I mean, you're not paying a higher price for him now based on that. So there is something to be said. And honestly, if you don't like Amari Cooper, which there's plenty of people out there that are avoiding him this year and will not be taking him in the third or fourth round, well, then shouldn't you like Jordy Nelson? You've got to like somebody on that Raiders offense, especially if they don't have Khalil Mack this season and they end up trading him or he holds out or what have you. Uh, they could be in a lot of shootouts, and that means good news for Derek Carr and Jordy Nelson. So I can, I can definitely get on board at that price. Uh, Dave, oh, yeah. you've, uh, you have uh, our, our famous final question, the one where we're really going to try to squeeze Kurt for as much info as we can. I mean, I could spend, I could ask you this question during the eight-hour drive to Kentucky, but I guess we'll ask it. We can ask days. it again. Things so, will change in a week. Kurt, we're looking at sleepers and boss here. What player will we be staying away from in the first couple of rounds this year? And what player do you think you'll be targeting in the mid to late rounds this season And Jordy is not an option? Yes. Um, yes, I'd probably, um, as far as, like, early guys, I don't know. I'm just off old Al Beckham totally myself. I don't care if it's right in the spot or not, you know. I, like, I just don't like him. And I and I'm, and I think another thing is I can probably cross off the whole Dolphin squad, too, I hope. <laughs> that uh, Finns isn't out there listening right now, but I'll just probably mark every dolphin off my list, including Stills. All of them, all of them could just be scratched off my list. So that should save me a couple of picks. All dolphins are gone. All dolphins. Fall. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, we said that. And I'm hoping that I can. A surprising pick for me. I'm going to try to see if maybe I can get Sammy Watkins on a couple of teams this year, since I usually ah. can't grab him in, <laughs> in very many teams. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. But I, I'll, I'll tell you this. I um, one. I believe the uh, the last time we won. Uh, no, not the last time we won auction. Um, I think the year before last year we took like third uh, overall, and we honestly two of the big reasons we, we did, why we did so good was Tyrell Williams and Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins against me. That was a total third pick, and it ended up working out for us uh, for a good portion of the season. It, it really worked out. So, yeah, target Sammy Watkins, something I would never do. Kurt has done it to critical point, so I will never, I will never rip on that uh, when it comes to Kurt and Sammy Watkins. Uh, Kurt, listen, man, I really appreciate you coming on. This was a lot of fun uh, chatting fantasy with you. We'll, we'll only have, a, again, like another eight hours come a week from now on the way down to Louisville uh, talking fantasy some more. But this is a real pleasure. Congrats on the Kentucky win. We're all excited to uh, celebrate with you in Louisville with, uh, with you know, the, the big presentation that Farrell has uh, for all the, the league winners and the main event winner. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun. And uh, we will see you uh, bright and early Friday morning. All right. Sounds good, guys. Thanks a lot. Kurt, all ladies and gentlemen, the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Champion from 2017 joining us on the show tonight. That was a lot of fun. Let's keep the fun rolling with our next guest, ladies and gentlemen. What, Farrell? He, he is a talent agent to the stars, NFL agent. Uh, listen, if you're in entertainment, you're, you're any kind of any, anybody you this intro week ago? in pop culture, this is the man you need to talk to for sure. He is the commissioner of the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, uh, the host of the, K, uh, the official Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship podcast. Follow him on Twitter at KFFSC. Once again, one of our favorite guests on the show. Glad to have you on, Farrell. Welcome, Farrell Elliott, back on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Oh, the words of wisdom from our reigning champion. How fabulous it was to hear from Kurt All. 
We'll be hearing from him uh, again uh, uh, more on the way down from Louisville. We've got to pick his brain more. Clearly, this was an underutilized resource last year since he was the only one <laughs> of the Wisconsin contingents that had any teams uh, worth their salt in Kentucky. So yeah, he, he was involved with, like, he had his tentacles on every one of them. Yeah, I mean, any, any success that anybody – What the hell are we doing? I, I, I've been saying for years, Kurt Leroy and Meyer need a podcast. Clearly. Well, I, I think that's three of them. Oh, that dynamic would be great. <laughs> Once in a while, they might they might even touch on fantasy football. It would be something. It would be awesome. Uh, Farrell, <laughs> you have a uh, you have a big weekend ahead of you, kicking off bright and early in Cincinnati tomorrow. I do believe Cincinnati. It's been sold out for like a week, maybe two weeks now. Yeah, I mean that 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 went fast this year. Cincinnati, 72 teams on Sunday. It's going to be a lot of fun, guys. And, yeah, we we captured the 72 teams. It sold out pretty early, and uh, I'm glad to just have everyone in the room. It's a, it's a different feel in Cincinnati. It's a smaller event, but we have a lot of fun up there, and it gets guys ready for the next weekend. Yeah, for sure. And uh, people are – is that um... – that, so that's not on Saturday. That's just Sunday, and it's it's basically from dawn till dusk. You can you can draft in right. We start if you get in early enough. I start showing up at at 10 a.m. Our drafts at 11, and we go until about nine that evening. And you know, there's wow. there's some diehards that play four uh, that will draft uh, four back to back. There's some that will draft three. Uh, most everybody there, it's I think we're 55 different owners will come in and draft 72 teams. So uh, it's small, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's good. Uh, it's a good uh, precursor to the big event in Louisville the following weekend. Uh, I know there's still spots open uh, in the main event there. Maybe some ancillary leagues too. That uh, that if people, if you don't want to be a what what what's it always called? A, I, I wish I had that uh, the the I phrase you always use. You don't want to be a wish I yeah. had. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to be a wish I had, and the way that you don't, or uh, the way you avoid being a, a, a wish I had, is uh, to get in right now in Kentucky. What's what's still open uh, in, for the live events in uh, Louisville? Very little, guys, but there's one or two spots open in just about uh, just about everything, you know. And I want to make sure that I didn't miss anyone, so sometimes I have to comb over that and make sure. That, that I have registered everyone properly before those last spots go. But we're going to have uh, a little bigger event than we had last year, probably by about 24 or 36 teams. So it's going to be a, wow. a little more lively in the room. And uh, I, I think, uh, you know, guys have expanded their territory. They've seen the success of the Wisconsin bunch, and they said, yeah, I want to draft I want to draft all weekend just like those guys do. You know, so it, it makes it uh, – it, it makes it a, a good time when people get there on Friday and, and stay with us for a long time and a good time. But, it, um, you know, a lot of our success we owe to the support that you guys have provided us. There's national players coming in that want to, uh, you know, that want to spend time with you guys, play against you guys, and I, I appreciate everything you've done for the league. And it, it makes it very, very, more, uh, very much interesting for our local players to uh, – to enjoy the competition with those guys too. So, yeah, we're looking forward to it. You know, there's there's some room on Sunday. There's a little room on Saturday night. The I Want Vegas, which 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 is probably the best prize because you get that ticket to the FFPC. Uh, we've got a couple spots in each day of that. And uh, you know, when when guys come in to play there, they'll have the opportunity to sit down and uh, draft against you two, which is always a thrill. 
Now, it was easy money, money last year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's a, there's a lot of requests from what I've told. Like, I, <laughs> I want to draft against all those dolts from Wisconsin except for Kurt Off. Don't put me in Kurt Off's division, but anybody else, uh, I'm game for it. Uh, Farrell, we're going to talk uh, more about Kentucky. I want to get your thoughts on some of the stuff that's uh, going around the NFL within the last 48 hours or so. Thanks to Draft Sharks, Football Guys, Roto World, Roto Pass, and, of course, Rob for tonight's rundown. According to Chris Thomason from the St. Paul Pioneer Press, uh, Dalvin Cook with Tavis Murray actually could be splitting the rushing load this season. Coach Zimmer, Mike Zimmer, said that it's actually too early to think about how those will be distributed, though he said both Cook and Murray will be factors in the run game. Murray actually played pretty well in the absence of uh, Dalvin Cook last year and maybe will be a bigger factor than people aren't realizing. Cook is coming off that torn ACL. He's going way early in drafts, obviously. You look at where he's going in, uh, in FFPC best ball leagues right now, Dalvin Cook is uh, uh, the 202, and sometimes he goes in the first round. Uh, and Latavius Murray does not cost you uh, much at all going in the uh, 14th round. So, Farrell, I'm looking at this. Are you buying this, that, that this could be more of like maybe not a 50-50 split, but maybe like a, a 75-25, a 70-30 split between Cook and Murray? I got the feeling that, that Cook, um, when he played last year, I think, what was it, 70-something carries, 350 yards. I, I really have the feeling that this was a – a player that could lead the league in rushing. Uh, I would, I would think, if he gets into his, gets into that type of productivity, that's going to be hard not to give him the ball. That being said, Murray, Murray flashed some skills, and I've always been a big Murray fan. So, there's going to be, with the success of that team, there should be enough to go around for both players. But you'd be smart to get them both. A lot of guys don't like to handcuff. But I don't know if this is a true handcuff. Both these guys uh, can contribute. Perhaps not like the duo at New Orleans, but both of them can contribute. And I, w- I would spend a, a, a 14th, 13th, 12th round pick on Murray easy. Bob Condotta on Twitter actually said today, Seahawks coach Pete Carroll said that Doug Baldwin has ramped up his conditioning. Uh, we heard the reports that Doug Baldwin's actually been sprinting, Dave. It sounds like Baldwin's going to be ready for week one. Uh, we, we, your thoughts on on uh, Doug Baldwin? I, you know, he's I've seen him slip to like the late fourth lately, and to me, that's a good buy right now. Seems like he's trending in the right direction for FFPC drafts and Kentucky drafts, for that matter. Yeah, I would actually, I would like to take Baldwin in, in spots like that. I didn't like him in that early third round where he was going before. I preferred a guy like Larry Fitzgerald. I, I just like him better. But in that, in the fourth, yeah, why not? Absolutely. Yeah, and now he's going to do. Is he in the? Can we throw him in the ascendant conversation? I feel like that's no. a little cheating. Okay, we won't throw him. No, that's fine. We, we don't have to. He's a consummate professional, and that's when you get guys like that that are you know a good deal. Why not? You need the unknown for the ascendant. You need, you need the mystery guy. Yeah. Well, we got another candidate yeah. coming up. Uh, not right now, but we'll get to him later. Farrell Chris Carson, according to Ian Rappaport from the NFL Network, is the team's bell cow at running back. Rashad Penny. Hurt. He returned to practice today, but he did just have surgery on that broken finger in Philadelphia, of all places. His pass throw still not all the way there. Uh, Chris Carson looked awesome last year, and he's uh, certainly continued that this year. Right now in in drafts, the ADP really hasn't matched up uh, with with what we're seeing. Uh, Rashad Penny, as I uh, screw this up, has only fallen to the mid-sixth round. He's going at the 604 right now. And then Chris Carson, uh, you would think he'd, he'd be ascending way up. And he's moved up a little bit, but he's still a ninth-round pick for, for a guy that, that should be getting the lion's share of touches in Seattle. Your thoughts on both Penny and Carson here? My thoughts on those two guys, fellas, are absolutely worthless. I, don't, I can't figure out what 
is ever going on in the Seattle backfield. And, you know, last year they released Alex Collins, who I really liked as a player over at Baltimore, who's now going in the in the fourth round of all these drafts, which proves to me that they didn't know they don't know anything about what they're doing in their backfield either. So I I just really <laughs> stay away with this. And and you're gonna have to you know, our good friend Brandon Hakey, there's one of the guys that will draft at the FFPC from his day says Don to Dark and uh will draft in Cincinnati four straight drafts and he's a wonderful Seahawks fan, travels to games throughout the year we got to give that question to Brandon because, really, I can't answer it, and I stay away from it. You know, and Hakey's a notorious draft reacher. So, Hakey's the type of guy. Yeah, he gets his guys. Yeah, man. so, like, hey, I, I can, I'm telling you, Hakey and the big payback, so I'm like the number one pick, 501, Chris Carson. I'm not, or even, like, you know, or even if it's, like, the other, the other side of it, like, you know, like, the, you know, the 401. I'll take Chris Carson. I'm, I'm telling you, he's going to yeah. reach for him. Well, and I remember. It's not, well, maybe it's not a reach. He's going to take him a much earlier than his ADP. Uh, I'll tell you this. Who is he reaching for last year in a lot of drafts? Kareem Hunt. He was. And, and that's that paid off. And, right. and I feel like the year before, now I, I could be making this up, but I feel like the year before, that was the whole Brady suspension thing, and Brady was falling in drafts, and I felt like he was grabbing Brady in a lot of places, and then, you know, he obviously won the Yeah, a lot of his research have worked out. They, they usually do. So right. that's that's a guy to pay attention to uh, uh, on, the, on the Saturday morning drafts to see what he's doing because he clearly has, has had a lot of success with that. Uh, Dave, NFL.com's Kevin Petra uh, said that John Brown – uh, has been a complete receiver for us. This is a quote from John Harbaugh that he that he put out in a, in an article. Uh, he is going to be the opposite receiver, Michael Crabtree, uh, in Baltimore. You look at what John Brown's been able to do. I mean, the glowing reports from multiple beat writers about how successful he's been in camp. You know, we, we he's all, messing up my dynasty team. We, he's like the last guy in my roster. I'm like, well, I'll just cut that shitty John Brown. Right, now you can. And I'm going to keep him. Yeah, exactly. It's the worst. I was super excited. I thought Michael Crabtree was going to be a target hog in Baltimore. Right. And now I'm not so sure with how John Brown has been playing so far. Yeah, maybe it is Brown. I know, you know, Flacco loves to throw the deep ball. So if Brown can actually make catches over the middle, like you always hope those speedsters can do, Look out, he could have actually a really decent season. He, he definitely could. Farrell, I know you don't want to talk about the Seattle running game, but let's talk about the Indianapolis one because Kevin Bowen from 1070, the fan, said that Jordan Wilkins has, has emerged as a potential backup, uh, taking advantage of the fact that Marlon Mack has been out and he's getting a lot of reps with the first team on uh, in Indianapolis. He obviously has a good skill set, good size-speed combo, and really good footwork. He knows how to defend, uh, to make defenders miss uh, right at the line of scrimmage. Uh, again, he's a rookie, so his pass pro isn't great or fantastic. Uh, but you look at what he represents now uh, in that indie backfield. We, we, we don't know exactly when Marlon Mack's going to be back. It doesn't sound like it's going to be an injury that's going to keep him out deep into the uh, regular season. In fact, he might even be the starting running back week one. But when you're only paying uh, a 14th-round pick, uh, for Jordan Wilkins right now, who could be the starter for Indianapolis week one. That seems like something, as you would say, something you want to get in business with. What's your uh, position on Jordan Wilkins in drafts right now? In, in the words of the great Drew Vaselli, why not? You know, so, yeah, why not? It, it's it, it's a player that um, has flashed a little early, and, and, you know, in Indianapolis, guys, they got to write about something besides – Besides Luck's shoulder and Luck's Luck's arm and and Luck's nerve football throwing, so I, you know, I think that player is, especially right now, is as good a pick as anyone in those in those rounds. You're meets, you're 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 reaching a little bit because you're mentioning him in the same uh, territory 
with the Latavius Murray. So we go back to Minnesota. I would I would rather have Murray. Now you guys were talking about Brown, and I got to jump in there. I yeah. was in Baltimore visiting one of my clients before uh, before in their stupidity they released him, who's now with the New Orleans Saints. So I'm looking forward to watching on NFL Network tonight on the replay. But I digress. I ran into Brown, and he told me that this was just like a new start for him. It was the best thing ever for him, and he feels, you know, he feels loved and he feels appreciate, appreciated, and the receiver room is great, and people are listening to him for the first time, and, you know, that's a product of, of the fact that he was in a, uh, a, you know, he was a rookie player in Arizona here here in Baltimore, it, it, they're listening a little. Everybody's new, so, you know, everybody's kind of got a fresh start in it. He and Snead hanging out a lot together. Um, you know, when the player feels comfortable, feels wanted, and finally feels at home, great things can happen for him. Definitely, and then that seems to be the way that it, things are going uh, for John Brown right now. We have time for a few emails here. Uh, Farrell, I want to pitch this first one to you since it involves one of your favorite players. Derek in Newark, New Jersey, who's a better six-round running back right now, super young Carrion Johnson or super old Marshawn Lynch? <laughs> the super old Marshawn Lynch. Have you guys noticed uh, how difficult Detroit is, is having with getting started with the offense in these two exhibition games? Now, Johnson flashes, and he looks really, really great. But right now, there's not a lot of things working in Detroit. Lynch looks like the player from three or four years ago to me, and he uh, he's got the right coaching staff to to keep him in check. We sent a lot of those things last year, but it was just more hopefulness. This year, I think it's something you can take to the bank, and I you know I, I'm hoping that I could get a late round uh, Marshawn Lynch, but by the time I get to Las Vegas to draft in my beloved FFPC. I think the secret will be out and the value will be gone. So yes, I would I would draft him in Kentucky. Although Johnson does look yeah. good. Flash is great. They're both they're both I mean Johnson has an ADP of six oh nine, Lynch going at at the six ten. So basically the same spot in FFPC best ball drafts right now. Lynch had that real, real nice run in preseason week one that actually got called back because of a questionable holding penalty on Colton Miller. So and he I I told I think we were Doing the show when that happened, were we doing the show when Lynch had that busted that long run? Oh, I yeah, that was a highlight. Was, I mean, we we like saw it and I was like, man, he looks super young and fast there. Like, I know it was on the show because uh, uh, I do remember talking about it. But he, I mean, he looks really good, and then you get him in the late sixth round, it makes a lot of sense. Dave, I'm going to pitch this next email here to you. It's from Marty in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, hi guys, do you have any insight on what's going on with Richard Matthews and Balky? Are you bumping up Corey Davis on your rankings while Dizzle moves him down further? Winky face. Your show is my fave podcast. Listen every week. That's Marty in Cleveland, Ohio. Dave, we know you're not bumping up Corey Davis. Richard Matthews has had this mysterious injury. He hasn't been practicing yet, and it's created a lot of opportunities, not just for Corey Davis, who I think they were counting on anyway, but Taewon Taylor is going super late in drafts. He is a very interesting player that, that I will be selecting in, in Kentucky in a lot of spots uh, if he falls to me because I, I really can't count on Richard Matthews or trust him at all right now. Your thoughts on Matthews? Yeah, I'm only not interested in Matthews. Taewon Taylor, we've talked about him a little bit before. I think he actually might. There's a chance he retains that job. He is a second-year player. Had an okay rookie season, but didn't get a lot of playing time. Had a has a nice high phenom score, like a 1.8 if I remember correctly. Uh, he's a talented player, and he's is he from 
Farrell, is he from Kentucky? Wasn't he the guy you should have you should have signed, right? Yeah, you know, he's from Louisville. He's a jackass. Why enough, he with you? Well, you know what? He he really we got along very very nicely. Uh, the it, I have a great I have a great deal of respect for him. Now I tell you the the guys uh, uh, Taylor Casey, Travis Cox, Fussy Elmore, all those guys were in high school uh, with Taylor, and they all have got a, a great amount of love for him. Now he's had some difficulties just figuring out what's expected of him on the field as an NFL receiver. And the learning curve, this this is a camp that he's got to show that he can handle it in the meeting room as well as as he can on the field. And, you know, new coaching situation, hopefully he'll be able to, to, to get into a position where he can understand the plays and understand what's expected of him. But, you know, frequently he's running the wrong routes. Frequently he's lining up on the wrong side of the ball. He's doing a lot of things that has adversely affected his play time. But Balky's right. When If he's on, he's going to be a dynamic player in the NFL. This next email is, is a, it's a little long, so I'm going to paraphrase it. Um, it's from uh, Luke in Denver, and he writes, Hi, Eric and Dave. First, I listen to all your podcasts. You guys are top-notch. I am drafting this Saturday for the first time in the FBG high-stakes tourney. I will be out of the eighth spot and working through my draft strategy. And then he goes on. Uh, he writes this, Dave. Having not done football guys in the past, I'm struggling around how much I should value my guys in order to give myself the best chance at getting them. Oh, uh, yeah, so now, Did you write this? No, no. This is this is uh, Luke from Denver, who, by the way, wants to he wants to let us know that he's a Chiefs fan for whatever reason. Chiefs fan in Denver. Um, we, like this, this is getting fishier, by the no, way. No, no, no. This is this is totally legit. So he um uh he basically wants to know what he wants what he should do in the second round. Um, he should have he says he should have the option of AJ Green, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, T. Y. Hilton for receiver, Joe Mixon, Devontae Freeman, Jarek McKinnon, nope. maybe Christian McCaffrey. Of those guys not right anymore. there, he won't have you don't think he, McCaffrey will be available to him? Not if it's a 70-yard touchdown run, so he will not. Be it at the, two, the 205, though? 205, I think he'd still be there. Hell no. Okay. Hell, hell no. Okay, given that he's gone, then what are you looking at there uh, for the second round? Which, what's the way that you would go out of those guys? Do you want me to repeat them again? Yeah, you kind of wrapped them up fast. <laughs> but, I, mean, I kind of know the players that are generally there. Well, he, he, I, these are the guys that he's sort of targeting. Receivers, right. A.J. Green, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, T.Y. Hilton. Running backs, Joe Mixon, Devontae Freeman, Jeremy Kinnett. Uh, Michael Thomas. I Michael Thomas is who you'd be looking at there. Okay. Yeah, those running backs, I mean, it's a little, it, it seems early for those running backs. McKinnon, I'm not a fan of McKinnon. Now he's out like, into week one. Never proven as a bell cow. Mixon, 3.8 yards per carry. I don't mind Mixon, but again, a 2-5 seems early. Uh, Michael Thomas is the definite number one target for uh, Drew Brees. Uh, and he's, he's, as a young player, he's had so many receptions and so much production. Uh, he's just a really safe player to have. Not have, doesn't have an injury history. Why not? He also wants to know, um, are we on board? Farrell might want to pipe in. I, I'm going, I'm, I got one to, for Farrell in a second here. Um, he also wants to know if we're on board with guys like Marshawn Lynch in the seventh, yes. Latavius Murray in the 13th, yes. Garrett Blount in the 17th, I mean, whatever. If you like him, take him there. That's, I, I'm not super keen on him. Uh, Farrell, he also wants to know if Mark Ingram in a football guy's draft at 405, is that a reach? Oh, no, that's not a reach. Uh, but, you know, you say this guy is from Denver? He is from Denver, yes. Well, he he needs to get on Frontier Airlines next weekend and fly to Louisville. 
and drafting the KFFSC, and he can answer some of these questions while he's here. And, you know, being that it's Frontier, if he if he flies on Friday, he'll at least get here by Sunday, and we can get him in a loop. <laughs> it sounds like he's got a lot of questions that, that need answering. But, yeah, Ingram, uh, we're going to miss Ingram for a few games, but, uh, man, if he comes back – if he comes back fresh into that part of the schedule, that soft part of the schedule for the Saints, uh, yeah, Eager would be productive in the fourth round. Lay, lay a base of your of your better players in your first three rounds, and if you feel you got three really good players, Ingram is definitely not a reach. Farrell, our next question, uh, this is from Paul in Duluth, Georgia. Dear Jimmy and Keenan, are you buying into the DJ Chark hype for redraft leagues this season? It seems – I'll say this about what Chark. Let's hear it. Uh, I'll say this about Chark. It seems like we've, we've heard over the course of the last month and a half, two months, first we heard Marquise Lee is, is, is standing out in training camp. He's the best Jags receiver. Then we heard, oh, no, Keelan Cole, he's been making all the plays. He's clearly been the best receiver in Jags camp. And then I heard D.D. Westbrook making plays all over the field. Nobody has, has topped him at receiver. And now it's, it's, it's switched to Chark. Uh, we're hearing beat reporters saying that he's been the best. I don't know what to believe in Jacksonville. I don't know what to believe about Chark. Uh, Farrell, none of these guys. Or Dante Moncrief. Or Moncrief. He's been now that's, see, now that's interesting. We haven't heard, I haven't heard anybody saying, like, Moncrief looking like the best uh, player in the Jacksonville receiver court. Farrell, uh, you're not paying a premium to get any of these guys right now. Uh, if you were putting a chip on one of them, who would it be? I mean, do you like Chark, or is there somebody else you'd be targeting? Uh, I'm going to stick with Keelan Cole, guys, because I just like his physicality. And I, I love the fact that this was a player out of Kentucky Wesleyan. Now, the Kentucky Wesleyan football program a few years ago was almost non-existent. And uh, there's a, a competing agent friend of mine that the coach called begging him to represent the player. And uh, the agent said, no, I just don't think I can do anything for him. And, you know, he, he cringes with, with, you know, every time this kid catches a ball. So, you know, I, I'm wanting my friend to still enjoy that discomfort. So I'm, I'm thinking Cole would be the guy to go with here. Because he's he's proven it and in, in a – in a rookie year where nobody expected anything, I don't know where this guy's ceiling stops. I don't think he's hit it yet, and so that's where I would want to. That's where I would want to bet. That's where I would want to pick a Jacksonville Jags wide receiver. Yeah, Keelan Cole right now. If you are, are drafting any FFPC best ball leagues this weekend, his ADP of nineteen oh two and the highest he's gone in the last three days uh, has been the fifteen oh one. So you're basically paying nothing to get wow. a, a talented guy like him uh, on your squad. You heard it from the commish. Keelan Cole, look out for him this year. Final email, uh, Dave, I'll pitch this to you. Can I officially write off Devontae Booker now, or is he still a good handcuff to grab after taking Royce Freeman? Thanks, gentlemen. That's Jim in New York City. Uh, Right now, Royce Freeman has ascended to the 410 in FFPC best ball drafts. Devontae Booker uh, wallowing very late. I believe he is uh, 13th round. Did I see that right? Devontae Booker is going at the 1301. Uh, to me, I mean, if you get Royce Freeman in the fourth, totally. 11th, 12th round, get Devontae Booker on that team as well. You're not, you're not paying much for him to get that Denver Broncos rushing game locked up. I know you've, you've sort of warmed up to Royce Freeman over the last few days. Yeah, I like Freeman. I think he's a guy who shot me the ascendant. But, yeah, I'm not a big handcuffer, but in the 13th round, it's so inexpensive. I mean, if it's really that late, absolutely. Yeah. Technically, he's still – Booker is still listed as a starter, and he didn't play much in week one, which isn't a bad sign necessarily. For his, it's actually a good sign. Right. 
I, I, you know, <laughs> I think I think Booker's actually probably fallen more. I think the hype is the hype's there for Freeman. I like him, but I mean, it's really gotten a little crazy. He's gone as late as the fifteen ten in uh, in FFPC best balls uh, this Ooh. week. So it remains to be seen what happens there. But I, I certainly I, think locking those two up is you can do a lot worse. I, I, don't, I don't even like Booker, but I'm just saying at that price, it's so reasonable. You should catch passes, uh, I would imagine. Uh, Farrell, listen, we, 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 it's been a pleasure having you on. Now, we can follow you, and we should follow you on Twitter at KFFSC. You can check out all the updates at KFFSC.com for openings. But the honest to God, the best way to get a hold of you, if you want to draft live in Louisville, if you want to jump in on any of the online uh, drafts that are going on uh, right now, the best way to get a hold of you, 502-523-5057. And I believe uh, y- y- there is no restrictions on lateness or earliness of, right. of, of reaching you. Is that correct? Don't call too late. No, buddy. There's no such thing as a call too late. And if you call too <laughs> early in the morning, we'll just assume that it's late where you are, and we really won't hold it against you. So, actually, just you know, <laughs> call any time. We'll get back to you and talk a little football and get you in, involved in the contest. Some of the guys that come in late. They end up having the best time, you know. That they and we. I hate telling no to anyone, but we're getting close to that. So yeah, please give me a call. Please decide to come. We've got a lot of easy ways to get to Louisville. We've got the talented Greg Sidoris uh, working with us to, to help secure uh, hotel rooms. Just just very similar to what he does uh, for the FFPC, and I think a lot of people know him. So there, you know, we we've got some things to to make your weekend uh, to be pretty stress-free, just get here and play some fantasy football. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a blast every year. I, I, I say this on the show every year. You know, I, I tend to get a little bit – I hit that – I hit it. You know, it's, I've, I've been commissioning drafts for, you know, going on 10 years now, and I seem to hit the rookie wall at some point in August every single year. And it always happens to be, like, right around the time uh, I, I'm going to Kentucky and having that weekend and hanging out with, uh, you know, the, so many great people that I only see once a year in Louisville. And, you know, we do the show, the show there live. We get to see you, hang out with you, uh, and, and draft a bunch of teams. It's really like my weekend of drafting. Outside of that, I really don't get a chance to. So it is such a good time. I encourage anybody who uh, has the means, I recommend it. Go check it out, kffsc.com. Of course, give Farrell a call. 502-523-5057. He'll get you set up with the league. Farrell, man, it's been real. Enjoy Cincinnati on Sunday in less than a week. Uh, I'll be shaking your hand, and uh, we'll be um, uh, hanging out again and, and catching up. I can't wait. See you soon, fellas. Get on down here. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen. Follow him at KFFSC on Twitter, and uh, give him a buzz if you want to get involved in any of the Kentucky leagues this year. Uh, online league, I believe, uh, Sunday night, there's still some openings in that. So draft the football guys league that night, and then uh, the, then the Kentucky one. That, that should be the priority. I should, I should yeah, make right that clear. All right. And just in case Alex is listening. Uh, that's going to do it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. I want to thank 2017, FF, or excuse me, 2017 KFFSC main event champ Kurt Off for coming on. Of course, uh, Commissioner Farrell Elliott, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Bryson, of course, all of you. As I alluded to earlier, Next week, it is our mid-season finale uh, live at the Horseshoe Casino. We will be broadcasting from the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Dave and myself, uh, maybe a collection of surprise guests, people have surprised that, you know, come on the show 
in the past impromptu. Kimra Schlischer has come on, uh, Wayne Ellis, Ron Meyer, Ray Chung. Uh, you know, you never know who's going to pop by when we're doing the show live next Friday. So we'll look forward to that. And that is going to be on at a special 7, 6 central time. So 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 central. We will be on early that night because we have the auction at 8.30 Eastern time. So right when we get done with that, pack up all the uh, equipment, and then we will be drafting teams. That is next week in Louisville. So we're looking forward to that. Before then, register for the Football Guys Players Championship. Register for the main event in the FFPC. Best ball in Dynasty Leagues now at myffpc.com. Last weekend for slow drafts. Get in on that. Football Guys drafts going on tonight. Show's over. There's nothing left to do tonight but draft football guys. So definitely do that at myffpc.com. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you live from Louisville next week. Myself, Dave Gerzak, a host of others. Your weekend officially starts This has now. been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by myffpc.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. About to call your ass a Uber, I got somewhere to be. I hear fairy tales by how they gon' run up on me. Well, run up when you see me, then we gon' see. I got enemies, got a lot of enemies. Got a lot of people trying to drain me of this energy. Trying to take the wave. Dave, can I get an update on that? Uh, any drafts are still trying to fill how many spots are left? I'm just curious. Nine left in the, uh, which made it a 1230 a.m. draft. We Are we added at 12:30? We got rid of the 1 p.m. or 1 a.m. and, and just made it down at 11:55 at 12:30. Nine months. Is so? Is the one at 11:55 full? There is there is one 11:55 at your commission that's full, and now there's a 12:30 that's scheduled. Oh my gosh! All right, I didn't realize it was full. I gotta I gotta get my ass home. <laughs> yes, you do. All right, thanks for listening. Talk to you in Kentucky next week.